it's a pre UT balls game chit chat. Good balls. And yeah, you okay. and yeah, you owe me one, which is why you're here. <laughs> I would have come either way, man. <laughs> That's why I invited you. People who I can trick into it that say no immediately. I just go, okay, never mind. But people who say yes, I'm like, yeah, this guy will come anyway. It's like the dollar bill on the fishing pole. Like, yeah. You got to go. me walking down the sidewalk. Mine's just a crappy vlog. Yeah. I'm like, here, no, follow my vlog, awesome, man. man. Um, awesome. Ben Fields, Pop Fizz, yeah. producer, editor, DP, camera mm-hmm. holder, bag carrier, wake up at 5 a.m. guy. What's, yeah. what's your official title? Director, DP. Um, I end up getting pulled into the producing world sometimes. Okay. Um, we all wear a lot of hats now, man. Used to be, you did one thing in the film business and now you kind of got to be a Swiss army knife to, to get by. That used to be looked down on a lot, but now it's kind of becoming the way. Every single audio person I know that works grew up only learning one DAW. Like I work pro tools or I have this kind of rig or whatever. Now it's everything. Yep. Everybody does everything. It's crazy. I was against it at first, even when I hooked up with Brian Allen and started working at Pop Fizz. I was against the whole Swiss Army knife thing. And much like all the other arguments he and I get in, he was right. <laughs> and <laughs> you kind of do need to be well-rounded anymore. People expect that. Yeah. Clients expect it. And, you know, you never know when your number is going to get called. Yeah. So you need to be able to, to, to do the job. Well, you guys are all insanely talented. And I, get, I have the good fortune to work on some projects with you, especially. Yeah. Um, and have really enjoyed. I mean, I've always enjoyed Pop Fizz, but I really enjoy working with you. And of course. that has led me to think, how did you end up where you are? And to piggyback on that, if you were going to do it all again, what would you say to yourself as you were getting started? Okay. Um, I started, uh, theater performing was like my go-to when I was a kid all the way up through high school. Mm. Um, went to the university of Tennessee as a theater major, hated school still. So I left and moved to LA when I was 19. You actually did it. Like a lot of us threatened it. Like I threatened it to my parents all the time. Yeah. I think my parents just, uh, never called my bluff. (laughs) That's what happened to me. Look at him now. Look where he ended up. He's talking with a pillow. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. Uh, ended up in LA when I was 19 and um, trying, you know, taking acting classes, trying to get discovered as uh, an actor and just get work really more than anything mm. as an actor. And that never really happened. Uh, but I did get a job as a PA on uh, a show called Mr. Romance that was on the op- Oxygen Network. So my first day was a I was a uh, I was driving the Transpo van picking up people at the crew parking lot. So, someone who's in your shoes who moves to LA, how did you end up on that set? I knew somebody who okay. n- knew that I was hungry and knew that I wanted to work, and she was an associate producer. Um, and just said, Hey, it's a hundred bucks a day for a 14 hour day. You want to come do it? And I said, absolutely. And it was brutal, man. It, and, and it that was math. That math is not, it, the math is not good. Not no, good. it's not. And it was brutal, but I worked my ass off yeah. on, on set. Um, I was happy to be there, you know? Um, and I, 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 the, um, the production company that was producing that, that show, noticed that I was working hard and noticed that I was 15 minutes early every day and said, 
why don't we have him come work on staff for us? See if he wants it. He looks like he, he looks yeah. like he could use the work. <laughs> <laughs> He's here early every day. Yeah. He clearly needs money. Yeah. And so I did. And I, I went and I worked for them for over a year, a place called the Greif company, um, which is now, um, now I think it's called think it's called uh, think tank media or something like that. I've, but they made, they made a and E biographies at the time, a bunch of different stuff. Um, uh, made the show Gene Simmons Family Jewels yeah. was one that uh, our it. company created. Did you work on that show? Uh huh. I worked on the pilot, and then I left LA before they shot. Nice. After they sold it, they uh, I didn't work on the rest of it. What were you doing with them? What was I doing on that show? Yeah. Um, at the production company, I was a I was a runner, man. You know, I was I ran around, tried to just. I, I was making everybody's life easier. Yeah. That was my thing. It was yeah. just whatever you need. So you can do your job. Let me do it. Uh, so it was a lot of tape delivery and running to the to the studios and picking up, you know, and picking up tapes, picking up music, music libraries to, to bring home for our editors to work on delivering yeah. stuff. Yeah. Getting my boss's car washed. I mean, it's just the, whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. yeah. And that was it. And then so I moved back from L.A. and. um And I didn't know. I mean, I was rudderless. I didn't know what the hell to do, but I had to leave L.A. I was. You know, I was 21 years old at the time, and like, you know, you can't make 500, 600 dollars a week and live in Los Angeles, God, especially anymore. Man. Yeah, and, I don't know how people do that anymore. Yeah, and I didn't really have any skills, and you know, uh, so I decided to go to film school. I said, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about the film and television business. I really enjoy it. I enjoy being on set. I have some experience in it. Why not try it out? So yeah. I did, and uh, went to film school at a place called Carolina Film Institute in Greenville, South Carolina. Got that done in two years and then um, started working with a guy again, a uh, friend of the family, yeah. um, guy named Michael Underwood took me under his wing as kind of his, his whatever. I knew how to edit. I knew how to run Final Cut 7. Um, I knew a little bit about camera work yeah. um, from film school. I mean, I knew the, I knew the principles behind it, which, <clears throat> you know, I didn't have a lot of practical knowledge. We worked on film a lot instead of digital and it was kind of the switch from digital to, to video and, and that's how I um that's how I kind of got back, back in, in Knoxville, um, and, and started working and Michael mentored the hell out of me for five years. And, you know, I started off being his just assistant pretty much. And then by the time it was said and done, I was his first assistant director on, you know, 60 person sets, you know, and running his show and, um, running the show for him. And then, um, and then, his work kind of, he was, he was on the twilight into retirement. And I think I had a lot of opportunity to, to maybe kind of, you know, take that baton from him. And I kind of did a little bit. I still work with a lot of the same clients that Michael and I worked with. Um, but right as his, his, the twilight of his career, uh, in film and television as being a director was kind of going, going away. And he was headed towards retirement, um, was right around the time that I had my, first kid so i needed to he you know him not not needing to work all the time and me needing to work especially that industry man like yeah just from the music side of things and i see what what a shoot day or a shoot week looks like and right. editing week looks like <clears throat> kids change a lot the game they change a lot yeah in a good way they yeah. make you i always tell people they make you prioritize the time you have absolutely like, you don't waste it as much as you did yeah <laughs> Yeah. I'm an expert at wasting time and kids really help me not. Yeah. 
Yeah, one of my friends was like, "What the hell did we do before we had kids? Like, just I, I just wasted all Call time of Duty, all the time. Halo, yeah, exactly. drinking, yeah. smoking. Like, yeah. I, it's well, I don't play Call of Duty and Halo anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You've grown up, man. See, two two off the list. You replace uh, them with kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but need so so needing to to feed those children uh, and 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 all that. I I needed a, a gig that I knew was going to be steady. Yeah. It was right around the time my wife wanted to go back to to get her doctorate to be a, a physical therapist, and so she wasn't going to be working. We had a kid at home, needed to do something. So yeah. that's when me and Brian Allen started the chat about pop fizz. I think it was higher number four or five over there. I remember when five. you came on. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, Brian, awesome dude, gracious man, un- unbelievably kind to have me yeah. you know, over there. And, uh, sorry, my phone's oh, ringing. Let me, let me hit the vibrate on that. Vibrate <laughs> sync. And, uh, Brian brought me on and, um, it's completely changed his, his mentality has completely changed the way I work and, and the way that. And the way he runs his business and the way that we do things is completely different than how both how I learned how to do it and, and how I thought it was the only way that it was meant to be done. And so every serious film production I've ever worked with, I noticed almost immediately operates differently. Like, what do you mean? Every, oh, they operate differently like from each other. All of the rules, all yeah. of the rules are ironclad within the company. And there's like a lot of, there's a lot of overlap of course, yeah. but like, being on set with someone like Brian versus Michael Underwood, what's the difference? Like, what are you, what are you coming from and what are you having to learn? Yeah. So like working with, with Underwood who came from more of a film background, um, everybody had to be buttoned up 100%. There was no, um, you wouldn't have been there if you weren't good. It's kind of the, yeah the idea he was willing to, to, to mentor people and to give people the, you know, greatest chances in the world, but he expected you to be able to do your job. Yeah. And, um, he expected a hundred percent out of everybody all the time. And he's the kindest man in the world. Yeah. Um, never once heard him raise his voice, get upset with, with anybody. Um, but also he was the director and he was the only one that was talking to the talent. And that was at his request. He didn't want the talent to get confused on right. who to listen to, which is a completely valid approach, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, working with Brian and what he's got going on at Pop Fizz, it's a lot more e- egalitarian. Yeah. So everybody kind of has their um, – ev- anybody can throw an idea out there. And not to say that you couldn't do that with Underwood. You certainly could. But, you know, things were a little bit more swim-laned. Yeah. You, you kind of stayed in your – in in your lane and you know the gaffer doesn't touch the boom pole the the <clears throat> sound man doesn't unplug Same it roll up here yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah um but pop fizz were a little more free form and i might be directing one day and i might you know i might be out operating a camera for somebody I've the next only, day i've only seen you direct when mm-hmm. i've been on set um and i will say one thing you said early on about la you said they noticed you because you were there 15 minutes early and you were making people's lives easier. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you do at Pop Fizz. Like, I hope so. I and, I, and I mean that sincerely, Thank man. You. Like watching you work, watching all of you guys work, there's a sincerity of getting the job done the right way. Mm-hmm. There's a authenticity in your personalities. And no one speaks just to speak. Like I've noticed, I like to watch people work and I've noticed if someone 
like Collier or or uh, Cody is running the camera, sure. they're not they're not just jabbering to jabber. They mm-hmm. will mention something if they need to mention it. If they don't, they take mm-hmm. they take cues from you. Everything runs smoothly. Yeah, we're we're all there to do our jobs, and there's already enough. Um, there's already enough going on that it can devolve into chaos pretty quickly if you're not careful. And so I think that those guys specifically that you mentioned have enough experience where they know that and they know that, you know, and and working with me, the the two of those guys, we know how each other, you know, work and how we operate. And the three of us working together may be completely different than the three of us working with somebody else, you know, or, or us working apart with, you know, different crews. So, um, uh, pop fizz is definitely different, a different approach. I think it works again. Like I said, I told Brian Allen, it would never work <laughs> to do for everybody to be a Swiss army knife. And, uh, look at you now for the 794th time. <laughs> was he was were, right. When you were four employees and now you're what? 15, 13, like, <laughs> 14 employees, something you like got him again, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now I just listen to him. And I, yeah, yeah. Now I just argue with him for fun and then take his side and realize he's going to be right no matter (laughs) what. Um, Job security. But just to that, to your second question of like, what would you tell younger me? Like, I think I kind of did. I I would tell them exactly what made my trip happen, which is, is, is be there, pay attention, have a great attitude, you know, show up, do the work be be a helper people want help especially people who are really busy people who are really busy want help and if you're if you're capable and you're eager and you're willing to help it it gets noticed at some point and um another thing is is decide what it is you want to do also and that sounds super ambiguous but it's not if you apply it to, to our industry like if i walk you know, if I walk on set and you ask me what I want to do and I say, I don't know, I just want to make stuff. Yeah. That's different than I want to be a location sound guy, you know? And once you decide what you can do or what you want to do, where your trajectory is, where your path is, the earlier you can identify that, that's when people can start helping you get there. Yeah. And you're not going to get there without that. My least favorite thing in the world is somebody who says they want to be famous in music. Yeah, that's it's that's, the most. That's a bad goal. It it's the most. Like. It's not a goal. No, it's a wish. It's a byproduct. <laughs> like, like we all have those things that drive us. Like, you wanted to be an actor, you didn't end up being an actor. But the the drive to be in film and the drive to be around that life led you to that life. You know. Yeah. And like you were open to, all right. Well, I'm in L.A. I came here because I wanted to act, but there's work in the industry. I'm gonna take that work. Yeah. Like you stair step with a drive in your mind. Like sure. Your drive can be, I want to be famous, but like, yeah. that's not a that's goal. Not, that man. shouldn't be your goal. You're like, right. Think, f- tell me what you really want. What's your next step? Like that, that's, that can help me help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Cause what are you yeah. going to tell that to somebody to help you? They're not going to yeah. be able to help you. And uh, I didn't, I guess I didn't really realize it until like you, till you mentioned it, but just now that, 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 that acting was my, you know, my stair step or my goal. But yeah, like I, I really, I really did until I moved back and started working with Michael Underwood. Like I thought that, that getting behind the camera and being on film was how I was going to realize my acting career. Yeah. And now I, I, I don't think I'd wanted 
I don't think, I mean, that idea of acting scares the hell out of yeah, me. Yeah, that's my next question. Yeah. Is there still acting in your future? I, I don't know. I, I, rem- I remember, I remember how much, how much of a high I got from it and how much I enjoyed it yeah. and how much I loved performing for people. And now I don't know if I'm just getting, you know, older and less patient or, or what, but I'm, I'm also a little less, um, I'm a, a little, uh, I'm a little less hungry for the limelight. Like I'm cool with being support staff. I'm, I'm cool with, you know, with not being the center of attention anymore. Um, and also like I, I'm becoming a little more introverted too, which is kind of strange. Like I, time by myself is not a bad thing. No. Like, I don't always have to be the class clown center of attention, you know, laugh at me. It makes me feel good. Like sitting and, you know, reading a book by the fire at my house makes me feel pretty good now too. So we sound like a couple of dads right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's another thing. The dad bot will probably hey. keep me from out in front of the camera. dude. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think maybe if someone was like, Hey, we need a, we need a lead for this film. The dad bot could go away pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, I quit drinking for the entire month of October this well, year. You're welcome. Yeah, it's yeah. No, remember November's over, and then now we're on to December. But sober October, I lost six pounds and six percent body fat just with cutting out drinking. You didn't change anything else. Nothing else. Man, I know that's it's pretty depressing. crazy. I know it is. I, I I'm, I'm I wonder what would have happened if I would have kept going. You know? <laughs> the world will never know. <laughs> I, I sure hope not. October was awful. <laughs> So at least you had Halloween to look forward to. Yeah, I did. If nothing else. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you for indulging me with yeah. your, your story because everyone I've had here has been in the music industry. Oh, so yeah. It's really nice to have someone on thank your you. side of things. Yeah, thanks for asking. I can't, I can't believe anybody would ever be interested in I'm, my story. I've been waiting for this day my whole life. This is part one. <laughs> There'll be many more. Before I leave, I have one more question. Yeah, yeah. If I came to you right now as a 16-year-old kid wanting to work at Pop Fizz, mm-hmm. what advice would you give me? What advice would I give you? Yeah. I think the same thing I said earlier. Be hungry. Show that you care. Show up. Get noticed by being helpful. Always say yes. Um, and work hard. I mean, I know it's, it sounds oversimplistic, but it really is a roadmap. And, you know... People want to be around people that are happy. People want to be around people that, you know, aren't negative. People want to be around people who uh, are there to help them. Uh, And also find somebody who's doing what you're doing and go work for them for free. Yeah, man. I did that for Underwood and, and it was great. And I think that that's what I would do. You got to get your craft down. You got to do that, but that'll come. I mean, you'll learn. And when you're 16, you, you, you don't know everything um, <laughs> just yet, right? And so asking questions is okay, you know? So I think just just go after it and, you know, study in your spare time what you, what you want to, you know, study your craft, learn what you want to do, and, and then just get noticed, by, get noticed by somebody by working hard and just going – the extra mile and being happy about it. Man, I, I think that's, that. I think that's what I would say. You're the only person that I've talked to. That's also added the be happy part. Yeah. Everyone else says hard work. Yeah. Learn your stuff. Be respectful, blah, 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 blah. 
every time I talk to you, you say either be gracious or be happy. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't heard anyone else say that. I think people gravitate to that. Um, I think it's a downer Ener- energy. People who are people who are downers are energy drains. And it's, you know, if you have the, if you have, uh, all things being equal, if you have the choice to be with somebody who's smiling and, you know, or even if the, all things aren't equal, let's say you get a chance to work with somebody who's, you know, a B plus at their job, but they're super happy. I'd rather work with them than the A plus who's grumpy as hell, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's every time. And I bet, I bet most people, I bet most people would. Um, so what you said about me being the only non-musician to sit down in the chair, um, my podcast South of Scruffy, yes. which comes out pretty soon. I've heard of this. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I bet you have. South of Scruffy. I didn't know that was the name. Yeah, love it. Yeah, um, I'm afraid it's going to turn into a music podcast because all the all the people I know are in the music industry. There's a lot of us that like talking about ourselves. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's smart, man. Yeah, we're yeah. good at it. Yeah. Well, and and there's a bunch of really talented ones around, and you're one of them. And oh, thanks, man. I'm just from being here today and listening to some of your stuff. I'm. Uh, you heard some secret stuff. Okay, I won't say a word. Soon to be released secret yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hold on, let me take you off speakerphone, honey. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, dude. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for stopping by. You got it. Appreciate it, man. <laughs>